suppose the best way to start off is just a little brief intro on today's mini tax series. Um, kind of we'd hope to base it on a lot of like personal taxes and then um, maybe just a, some advice on like little things you can do kind of they don't take a lot of time but make the world of a difference when it comes to like we'll kind of go into more detail but like claiming back some money on like taxes you might have paid on dental care or like going to the doctors or different things like that and then as well kind of maybe some resources you can avail of um or things i think one thing we had mentioned christine you can confirm this as well was just kind of maybe even touching on the self-employed side of things as well in terms of taxes and like what may apply there for certain people and just kind of a general overview um most importantly kind of not advice or anything like that but just a bit of education for all-rounders and something that might help everyone yeah that sounds good so i think like as we know from studying tax tax is a minefield it's so hard to understand your own personal tax and um, circumstance there's loads of information out there on the revenue website and stuff but it's very hard to find a final answer um so i suppose in terms of personal taxes a lot of people that we know would be paye um, taxpayers, so they'd be taxed through their payroll and subject to income tax um, at their marginal rate of tax, which is 20%, and then that goes up drastically to 55% when you include USE and PRSI um, when you're earning the big bucks. So when people hear that, they often kind of get a bit worried, I think. Um, and I suppose in terms of planning, like if, if someone came to me or you and asked us how could they save money on their employment taxes, it's just one of those things that it is what it is. I mean, you can claim, like you mentioned earlier, your medical receipts, you can claim relief for college fees. And um, there are some initiatives out there like the EIIS, which is an employment incentive. So let me check what it's what it stands for actually you're probably more familiar with it from the exams yeah so it's the employment and investment incentive scheme so that's useful if you're in the higher rate of tax and you want to invest in small local like startup businesses uh, people also use pension contributions um, to qualify for relief on their employment taxes and they would kind of be the main ones really there's a couple of um, i don't know if you've come across instagram pages there's one in particular run by a girl that I actually know from Kerry and her Instagram page is called the remote bookkeeper Have no I actually it? haven't come across her but I actually will follow her because I love hearing little tips like that um of informative pages because I think that's the best thing about Instagram is like like you say kind of learning things informally kind of you can throw up one or two things without being overwhelmed with information I find yeah she's actually excellent um at what she does she teaches people how to understand their payslip. So she, you can book a consultation with her and she'll go through like your PRSI, your USC, your marginal rate of tax, what um, deductions you're getting and all those things. And she will as well on her Instagram page. And I'm pretty sure she has a TikTok page as well. She makes videos and shows you how to go on to Revenue My Account and claim um, credits for like your medical bills and all those kind of things so she go, really goes through the mechanics of how to do it and she goes through all things you wouldn't even think of like for nurses teachers they can claim flat rate expenses um and she'll go through things like i saw recently she had she had a post up that you can claim a medical expense for ivf treatment and just things like that that you might never 
you might not think about it all. So that she's definitely worth a follow. So she's the remote bookkeeper. Um, and then another, and I actually follow these as well because I prim primarily do tax advisory in, in the structuring side of things. So I my day-to-day -day wouldn't be looking at personal income tax in this sense in terms of the PAYE employees. So I always find their stuff really useful as well. Because so, And then if, if a client asks in a meeting, I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw that on Instagram, actually. <laughs> you know? So there, there's a lot of useful um, pages out there. Uh, and as well for accounting, I know there's a lot of pages set up to help people with businesses and to teach them how to do their accounts and those kind of things. So there's a lot of information out there. Yeah, I think it can be like overwhelming for people if like, let's say they didn't study tax at the source and then all of a sudden they're hit with this information and like it can be so easy to say go on to revenue and while it can be such a useful resource, like I think kind of the complexity around the language is what makes it so difficult. Like, it's like you said, even the simple thing of like a tax credit, you know, like it seems all well and good in theory and like you can go over it yourself but then you can see how people can mess that up as well too or how they mightn't even know how to go about it or how it might present a bit confusing sometimes when it's so much at once yeah and i think like the revenue will always let you know when you owe them money but they're <laughs> <still tell> you <laughs> if they owe you money so you you know you really do have to be on top of it um if you have any credits to claim i think like another kind of interesting thing was even um like a small bit on like capital gains and capital acquisitions tax because I find like their taxes that kind of fly under the radar but are kind of important like even the simple thing of like you're inheriting something because even my friend I remember one day came to me and was like oh my god like I'm actually shocked like her mom or someone in her family was after inheriting something and she was like Megan they owe so much tax like surely this is like not true like and I was like no it, it is like, <laughs> like unfortunately she was not ill informed like that is the reality yeah yeah and i suppose all those taxes like capital gains tax and capital capital acquisition tax while they exist and they're it's a 33 percent rate of tax there are a lot of exemptions and reliefs available um but again like it's all about just planning proactively rather than reactively like by the time you get a gift or inheritance it's probably too late to minimize the tax and the same thing when you're looking at capital capital gains tax by the time you've sold your business or sold your assets whatever they might be it's too late to try and minimize the tax then because you know your time for structuring would have been a, a year before or two years before like usually when i'm talking to clients that own businesses or assets um i would recommend like engaging with a tax advisor at least 12 months before a sale especially if it's a business sale because there's a lot of reliefs available on the sale of a business that people are just not aware of um and especially i mean if you run your business through a corporate corporate entity rather than personally there's the Irish participation exemption and that's actually a European tax initiative or incentive that's available across all EU member states pretty much just for competition reasons within Europe so if you're running your business through a corporate entity and it's held by another corporate entity I'm not going to go into all the details because again <laughs> There's not tax Too advice, much. <laughs> but it, there's just ways to eliminate the tax almost down to 0%. So it's just well worth having a tax advisor. Um, and I think sometimes, particularly maybe older people that would have would have never come across like the tax exams or the accounting exams, um, they assume that their accountant will know exactly what to do. 
And I mean, no doubt accountants know a lot about tax and particularly around tax compliance, but they might not know of these reliefs that are available until it's too late. Or, you know, they might not think, oh, I wonder what the tax implications of this are until it's too close to the sale or whatever it might be. So there is a distinct um, difference, I think, between having a tax advisor and having an accountant if if you run a business or, you know, you have a large amount of money or, you know. Definitely. I think that's such a good point because like even I know from working in the accounting side of things like that, I, I'd be like rejigging my memory be like, what was this? What was that? Because like you said, there's so many intricacies to it that you'd forget them all so easily. And like anyone else who's working in accounting is the exact same because we don't come upon it day to day. So you're not like constantly engaging with these different like, you know, um, opportunities, like you said, to kind of minimize your taxes. And it actually happened. My dad, my dad runs his own business. And like that, it happened to him where like he kind of was just working away with his accountant and all was going well. And then he kind of just relies upon talking to like this person or that person, maybe even myself, a small bit of things I was learning. And he was like, oh, my God, I could avail of that. I could avail of that. And it was just things like your man just hadn't been aware of because they do come out and you might correct me on this. I'm not sure, but they do come out kind of frequently with kind of new opportunities and stuff and like you said depending on like the current climate and the current environment they might be trying to encourage um different things for businesses to try and like you said even the simple thing of the eiis scheme or the employee investment incentive yeah you're right and i mean i suppose like taxes are used to kind of push money in certain ways so i mean at the moment there's a big push on renewable energy for example so like investors are being incentivized to develop renewable energy plant plant and machinery like like wind turbines all those kind of things solar panels and they get capital allowances and etc different reliefs on the money they invest so so there's always new things coming out and like you said it depends on kind of what the global initiative is like at the moment it's very much focused on renewable energy and even on a global terms investing in underdeveloped countries there's different things like different eu incentives so it just changes depending on the time but i think ireland is one of the the most competitive business environments within the eu and there are a lot of incentives available for entrepreneurs business owners i mean we have the entrepreneurs relief retirement relief we have the the participation exemption which i mentioned earlier which essentially could get the sale of a business down to zero um, and they're just there, I mean, to, to, to incentivize people to set up businesses in Ireland. And obviously our corporate tax rate is 12.5% for trading, which is one of the lowest in the EU, I'm sure. And out of interest then, just to distinguish between like, you know, if you were kind of a sole trader and then you were paying tax at like income tax rates versus then if you were incorporated as a business and doing it under the corporation tax, like what is the difference there for people who mightn't understand or know? Yeah, so I suppose it, every circumstance is different, but if you run a business as a sole trader, obviously you're subject to personal income tax rates, which can go as high as 55% when you incorporate the USC and the PRSI plus the income tax. Um, and then if you run a business through a company, so an Irish incorporated trading company, the corporation tax rate is 12.5%, so obviously there's a significant difference there between the two rates um but i suppose it just depends like i said on personal circumstances there's no point running your business through a company and paying 12 and a half percent tax if you actually need all the money personally because 
then you're going to pay corporation tax and again you're going to pay personal tax when you take it out uh, so every situation is different and I suppose it's just as a com as your business grows and your your profit, your net profit grows, you just make a decision whether you need all that money, maybe it could be in the company paying 12.5% tax and you take out X amount as a salary, you don't need the full amount, uh, and it's just a decision based on the numbers, so it's something to review probably with your accountant or your tax advisor. Well, yeah, no, definitely. Um, that's a good point. And like you said, kind of everyone's situation is definitely individual because I think that's how people like that's the first question you'd have. You'd be like, why don't we all just incorporate or like, you know, like a lot of small businesses out there. Why don't we all just incorporate and we'll all be paying 12 and a half percent. But like you said, kind of it's a bit more complex that in that and that there's a small few more logistics once you're taking out a bit of money and kind of yeah. drawing a wage from the business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, most of the time, if you have a small business, it's likely you're sole income earner and you probably need the income yourself i mean to pay your life expenses like your mortgage or your rent or whatever it might be so you could end up with a double hit to tax rather than just paying the personal income tax outright to begin with totally and then for people like i suppose who kind of might be looking to manage their taxes on a personal level like have you any advice for people i know like two of my major ones were kind of like reviewing your pay slip um always checking to make sure that you are being charged like PAY well naturally you will be but and then PRSI and USC I think USC is kind of the biggest one that can kind of fly under the radar sometimes because I know before I started my job when I was in college like I was earning less than 13 grand in the year so then I wasn't effectively paying USC for that year and then I had to actually ring them up and actively ask them to kind of start um imposing that tax on me again once I started earning full-time and yeah. Yeah, that was a big one for me, I think. And then the other one was very much like kind of keep your receipts and stuff. Because like you said, the revenue aren't going to be giving your money back unless you're kind of on top of it yourself and telling them, no, this is what I'm owed. <laughs> yeah, I think they're like they are the two main things. Um, just keep an eye on your your pay slips. Uh, like I said, if you don't understand them, I definitely recommend more age at the remote bookkeeper because I just have seen a lot of her feedback from people she's worked with and I've seen people get back a thousand, fifteen hundred. You know, she really like goes into the detail of everything you can get a refund for. So I think something like that is great. Um, and then I mean it, pension contributions are obviously a big one as well. If you're living and working in Ireland and you're a PAYE employee, you get um, a tax deduction for the pensions and then ultimately you can withdraw them out tax free up to a certain amount when you retire so that is a good way obviously to save money and invest money and also get a tax deduction so it kind of ticks the three boxes definitely i think pensions are a massive one i find at the start like when i first started earning i was like i'm so young i don't need a pension and then like you know you're a year to in and like your employer's like oh well we'll match it so then they'll put in a bit and then like you said you kind of don't even notice it gone because like it's gone before the money even hits your bank account so like it is a great way to kind of kill yeah. two birds at one stone yeah and it'll just accumulate over time like you said you won't even notice it's gone and you'll be delighted when you're probably by the time we're 75 we'll be able to retire <laughs> you know, <Fingers> crossed. <laughs> i think another one actually and i i only thought of it there as you were saying it about um the girl you knew Maraid and the fact that she can kind of run through with you I feel like that's a good point as well because I've heard of this happening to people where you like log on to like my revenue or whatever and you kind of start you can fiddle around with it a small bit like and it's happened to one or two people where they've like oh 
and being charged emergency tax so they like I don't even know what they end up clicking but like I've seen people be classed in the wrong tax brackets like and like that it's gone on for months where they've just been incurring the wrong taxes and then they either are like overpaying or underpaying but I suppose the bigger problem arises when you're underpaying because then that's a liability that you then owe to revenue yeah yeah exactly and I mean it's at the end of the day even if you're taxed through your employer it's still your obligation to make sure that you're taxed being taxed correctly so it's worth keeping an eye on it and then were there kind of I suppose we've touched on it there like all the main kind of resources like you said there was a few Instagram pages and maybe even I can get the list off you and like include them in the bio below that people can kind of access them directly um they might find them a useful yeah they might find a few useful pages to kind of avail of yeah yeah I'll give you another one there's another one called the tax nerd um I'm not sure the girl's name because I just see her on Instagram but she is kind of so similar to Maureen um and she her information is very good as well so they're both pretty useful um and yeah i think we kind of ran through the cgt to be aware of and the other ones are the cat i mean there's a lot of exemptions there and release on capital acquisition tax as well and same as the cgt it's just about planning in advance and making sure you know what reliefs are available um Definitely. I yeah, know. I think that was kind of the major things to be fair. Um, yeah. One question you were going to ask me is, is our tax system fair? So I'll oh, yeah, because I find like I find this is very controversial and we actually yeah. <laughs> and like my whole point behind it and like why I have brought it up is because I think people can be so quick to be like, like, I can't believe I have to pay all these taxes. And like I was the same at the start as well. I was like, this is a joke. Like, but then you kind of think of like someone puts it into perspective of like, you wouldn't have streetlights. You wouldn't have like a road or like a good quality road to drive on. And I know people could argue I mean, like, that depends yeah. on your driving. But yeah, like things like that kind of that you do take for granted, like public hospitals, schools, like those are all things funded by taxpayers money. But then I can see where people do get a bit aggravated in the sense that like, you know, there would be, I suppose, a lot of people within government and stuff that would be on like quite high wages, I suppose, in comparison to the likes of other public servants of like nurses yeah. and teachers that they're probably like earning more than is necessary. And in terms of like claiming expenses then and a lot of that going on taxpayers money, I think that would be where my issue would lie with the whole thing. But what about you? <laughs> yeah, I'd be similar to you. I mean, I would think about it like, you know, some people say taxes are just like a moral obligation, you know, to, to humanity. You know, you contribute back from the system that you benefited from. So like you said, the roads, education, um, health and or you know health facilities all our hospitals um but as well i would i feel and i don't know i mean i've never looked into that much so it's probably a bit of a throwaway statement but there probably could be more transparency around how it's decided where spending goes and like where the money goes like you said like who deserves higher salaries or like where's just where does the money go in general so probably transparency around that yeah definitely i'd agree i bet you if we looked for it it probably is available somewhere you know it's <laughs> just figuring it all out <laughs> yeah um and i suppose we we're we're looking in a way we live in a country that incentivizes like innovation entrepreneurship all those kind of things which then creates the jobs and i know you know it's crap to be taxed at 50 percent, but there's other tax incentives there that ensure that we have jobs and the employment unemployment rate is low and all those kind of things. So probably, I don't know if fair, if you'd say fair or not fair, but I mean, it's, it, it works. 
Out of interest, actually, because I suppose you would see tax across like multiple jurisdictions and stuff, maybe kind of yeah. through your line of work. Now, I know it might be more company based rather than individually based. But like, how would you see that our tax system rates and compares to like other systems internationally? I wonder. Um, well, I am currently in the Cayman Islands now and I've lived here. I lived here for three years before. So in the Cayman Islands, there, I'll just use this as a comparison because it's the only other place I've lived um there's no direct tax so we don't pay any income tax here there's no corporation tax there is like import duties so like a custom tax and there's also the equivalent of like a value added tax as well so everything here is really expensive um and i mean really expensive like yesterday i was going to buy a bag of apples and i didn't because they were dollars for a bag of apples so i mean everything's expensive so then we live somewhere that's tax-free. They have to get their money from somewhere. But the way the system works here, and I mean, it's good and it's bad. So here, the companies have to pay for your work permits. So that's an annual charge for each employee a company has. They pay a work permit. So say, for example, as a tax manager, your work permit could cost $16,000 a year. And that your employer plays that and that goes to the government. So that's how the government like recoup money from employment here. But then there's no social um, like welfare system whatsoever. So if, first of all, you can't live here without a work permit if you're an expat, but for local people, there's like the facilities here are great. The roads are great, but it's all privatized and it's all been done by private investors. So they that has worked out well. But if you're local here and you, don't have a job or you know you're falling on hard times there's no such thing as like unemployment benefit or stamps or you know like social housing there's nothing like that so if you're down in the dumps you're left down in the dumps so there definitely should be I think some sort of like happy medium where where there is some sort of social net but I don't know where the happy medium lies like you could say Ireland's gone to the other extreme where there's just like it's nearly socialist at this stage yeah fair and like is the idea then i suppose based on like the high taxes in terms of like kind of the equivalent of vat or if it's vat on the items is the idea then that that's how they fund their tax system as majority through that like you know the way because they would say dubai has the oil so that's how they manage to fund a lot of their like infrastructure and that's why they don't yeah. need the taxes as much is that how came and do it their ways through like well, products? really is actually through the really through the financial services um industry so that came in and i don't know the exact numbers but has like the most investment funds registered here i think it's one of the biggest financial hubs in the world and those um investment vehicles and companies here all pay annual fees to the government and there's different fees associated with it so you could almost count those as it's it's not a tax but it's definitely a fee kind of like in ireland if you have a company you might pay an annual fee of i don't know 100 or 200 to the cro here it's more in the thousands and that goes to the government so they're funded through the company registrations the fund registrations the work permits um the vat and that's that's how they run it or that's how they get their their money amazing well, have yeah. you anything else to add? Anything else to touch on? I think that was kind of it mainly on my end. Yeah, no, I think that was it as well.